Hey, my name's Morgan Millet. I'm Rob Millet. Uh, we're brother and sister, just back at home, starting a podcast. We're really trying to achieve that millennial dream of fame by any means necessary. And by any means necessary. We love the sounds of our own voices. Yeah, we, we have that. We're just narcissistic in all, in all ways. We have way too much time on our hands, and so this seems to be the growing trend, and here we are. Actually, apparently I'm not a millennial. I'm a Gen Z. Yeah. Oh, 1998, yeah. They said uh, millennials end in 96, so you're the ass end of millennial. Yeah. Because I was texting a friend, and she was, like, adamant that she was millennial, even though she's 10 years older than both of us. Well, no, yeah. Millennials started in, like... 85. I thought yeah. it was Gen X, but what the fuck do I know? I don't know. It's all made up to so that old people they, they, can say... They can categorize us and shit, shit on us for being lazy, just because we didn't get married at 20, and give up on our dreams right away and this is us <laughs> fighting the good fight yeah so yeah we're um both home from college i just graduated and rob had a little touch of cancer so he's back home I like, I like how you made it sound like salt and pepper just like a little little dribble little little shaking of cancer on there yeah top of my scrambled egg life <laughs> Ooh, i like that analogy well i am a i am a writer so i'm full of them uh, so, yeah, we are back home, and we just want to start by telling our story, well, mainly Rob's story, um, and then we want to just continue on learning more about other people's lives, talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about, because this is what we do now. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else are we going to do? Exactly. Anyway, uh, Rob here is a cancer survivor now and so we want to just hear about your journey and what it was like having your jaw cut off so uh, i don't put myself in that category because i don't have a walk i don't have any scarves i just have a fucked up face so there's a bone cancer walk not for not for jaw i don't know maybe I'll find one. We'll look into it. It'll probably just be the six of our family members, but I, we'll listen, make it. I love validation as much as the next person, but not that much. I don't like the bagels and walk cancer vibe. It's not for <laughs> me. Well, All right, so you want me to tell you about my experience, which was a mixture of just horrible and extremely horrible, but also awakening. 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 I don't know. I didn't, I'm not going to say I had an epiphany, but... It puts things into perspective, because what else are you going to think about when you're laying in a hospital bed strapped in? But, yeah, no, I got, uh, the official term is osteosarcoma of the mandible. A lot of syllables in there. Long story short, I found a bump in December, got diagnosed in January, got surgery to remove that in February, and then I was kind of in a weird state of limbo post-surgery, and then I had a second surgery in May. To replace the missing bone they removed. So from December to now, my life is in a complete 180, and I'm kind of in that existential crisis mode that most people don't get till they graduate college, like my esteemed colleague Morgan over here. Esteemed colleague, I like that. But yeah, I, I'm 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 figuring it out now. It, I know where I want to go from this point, and that's one. That's the only positive that's come out of this is that I have a definitive goal. That I can work towards now. Something just to, to, to stray away as far away from cancer as I can. I don't want that to ever be an identifiable trait in my personality. I want to dump it right now. 
that's basically how I feel about it. So this is the result of having 10 teeth removed, your whole bottom jaw removed, it replaced with the dead person's jaw, jawbone, whatever, and then right now you're still short a couple teeth. How many teeth? I think it's 10. So yeah, we're, we're on the way to healing. Although I had... The um, therapist seems to be helping. Yeah, I see a counselor now because I'm in, you know, traditional white boy sense, very sad all the time. So I need to talk talk to somebody about my feelings. It's good. It's good for the healing process, I think. I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah, she she's helped me out kind of in a... She's inspired me to write more, which I, is something I love doing, but I never, I never sit down and write. But I've been doing that almost tenfold or more than usual than in the last two weeks than I have in the last year because it felt lack of inspiration in light of the diagnosis and all the treatment and all that. But now I've been writing more or less every day for the past three weeks. It's the the counselor that's been making you do that, not me, because you don't listen to anything I say. So (laughs) just want to clarify that. You know, I... Well, she advised that I do something to something I don't usually do or something that I did but I don't do anymore more in my everyday life to kind of establish some sense of fulfillment and normalcy which I haven't had for six months because I've either been waiting for surgery or recovering from surgery or in surgery yeah. those three things for the past six and a half months so now I'm kind of um I wrote a cool little thing was, I thought it was gonna be a poem but it ended up being a story like the other day on my birthday and I feel good about it I honestly feel like it's an expression of self and I feel confident about my ability to write more so now than I have in a long time and I think it's good I'm kind of recovering both physically but mostly mentally from this trauma that I've gone through but I think I'm finally gonna dump it because that's what you've been saying so also can you stop saying dump it because that's just like very poop related and I feel like that should not be the correct term anyway just my choice of word. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, you've been saying a lot that the physical stuff you could handle fine. It's been mostly a mental challenge for you. Talk a little about that because to me, it looked like the physical stuff was extremely hard to handle. Like you literally had your entire jaw taken off and run all these crazy pain meds and stuff. That's what's so crazy to me. Is that you were like, oh, that's fine. It's just I need to get myself back was really interesting to for me to hear. Well, your whole face changes. And I think there's a societal expectation that women obsess about their appearance more than men. But I think it's equal and for both sexes, both any gender you are, you feel a certain way about your appearance. Yeah. And then when that is radically changed, especially at a young age, it, it messes with the way you feel about everything. It's a you have a expectation of how you should look and you wake up and you're different and I don't know not to generalize for people my age but this is the age where you usually have fun you meet a lot of people engage in you know activities don't want to be overly explicit but yeah you get in casual sex and nobody wants to bang a kidney bean okay I don't want to talk about that with you but you're not looking like a kidney bean so much anymore. No, now I've evened out because they replaced the missing bone and now the swelling's starting to level out. Level out. Yeah, so right but now, for, to I'm describe gonna... how your face looks, it's just his 
it's like his jaw is like very very swollen yeah but it's more neck than face now my face has pretty much gone back to normal but now the under part where the usual jawline is it's kind of a weird looking boulder that's underneath my face but no big deal and also he's got the biggest head of anyone i've ever met already before the surgery so just imagine what this has done i grew a beard to cover up the swelling so that's my uh that's how i'm dealing with it Doesn't... do you still like forget sometimes like do you look in the mirror and like forget that's what you're supposed to look like or is it kind of like this is this is you now i don't i i, I'm always, I always remember I did have a dream where I didn't look like this, though. I had a dream where I looked like I used to, and it was weird, waking up. It's like when people wake up like uh, when they're missing a leg or an arm, and they have a dream, yeah. and they have their leg or their arm in that dream. It's like that. Interesting. But uh, for me, like you said, the physical pain, you just kind of unplug when it's going down. Like when they were, you were there when they were, I don't know if you were there or mom and dad were there, they were sewing a trach into my neck. There's different levels of tracheostomies, and the second one before they close it up is they have to sew a new one into your neck, and they don't even localize, they don't even give you local anesthetic. So it's kind of a, you just squeeze your fists and look at the ceiling and hope for the best. Yeah, that's insane. I was not there for that. I was there when you were choking super bad, and mom and I and our sister Lauren were terrified. We did not know what to do. I had a uh, mucus gathering in my throat, and uh, yeah, I thought I was just coughing, but no, I just couldn't breathe because the the hole was blocked. Yeah, it's uh, why are you laughing? It's just funny to think. Yeah, I don't know. but that was scary. But I don't think about that a lot. It kind of just happened. I did have good ass medication though, and that was fun. That was the only thing that made it worth it. Was the good beds worth it that's not worth it uh you never did you never taken dilaudid so you don't know you're i hope about. i don't have to that's terrifying it's awesome i would recommend it but don't do it if you're not in extreme pain or else you will get severely addicted <laughs> because that stuff it'll put you out but you'll be awake at the same time yeah we would be there and rob would be just in so much pain we could just see him like so uncomfortable they come in they put Dilaudid in his IV and then it was instant we would just see his eyes finally be able to close and relax and he would look like he would like sink into the chair completely it was very interesting if you want to know what it feels like listen to the first 25 seconds of the song Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood and that that's what Dilaudid feels like but I'm not going to play it for you but you have to do it on your own (laughs) but do do it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm in a manic stage right now, but I feel better the last, like, three days than I have in a long while. But, yeah, pretty fun. I, uh, I started a new, like, workout app, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. Did you work out today? I'm going to after this. <laughs> you haven't even started. How can you say you already feel good about it? I, I'm glad that I'm taking the steps, and I'm going to do my thing today after this, because I was exhausted this morning, and I couldn't do it. But after this, I will go into the garage and get yoked oh good um so we have a lot of family like 10 aunts and uncles at least no probably like 15 both sides yeah both sides we have at least yeah we have 14 aunts and uncles and it seems like you hear a lot of the same 
things from all of them about you being in your condition and when you're in the hospital. So what advice do you give to someone that is trying to be there for a family member or a friend that is going through a shitty time? What would you tell them not to say and what would you tell them to say? Avoid all cat poster sounding motivational quotes. Don't do that. And it doesn't help anybody. God has a plan is a no-no. There's no, this will soon be a memory. Because you know what? You're li- they're living in that memory right now. So don't say it'll be a memory because I can't fast forward to the memory part. You got that a lot? This will be a, soon be a this memory? This will soon be something to talk about. You won't even notice it. Well, I notice it right now. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. And then people are weird. They, they don't know how to deal with bad news. They have to justify it by any means possible. Yeah. So, like I said, God has a plan. He doesn't give you more than you can't handle. Oh my god, that one's such nonsense. I don't know. But, uh, I like when people be true to you, because if you know this person that is sick, you know how they are. So yeah. just talk to them as if you'd always talk to them. Yeah. If they're kind of a funny person, say, man, fuck that shit. You got that, bitch. <laughs> just be goofy about it. Make it, make, you have to trivialize, well, not really trivialize, you have to talk bad about the cancer in a jokey fashion. That's how I would have wanted it. Yeah. People just joke around like, man. Well, I feel like our immediate family, we joked a lot, and I would talk about it with my friends at school or something like that, and I would just tell, like, silly stories about us talking or, like, being in the hospital whatever, and they would always be so confused and, like, concerned. They'd be like... Why are you talking about it? like this is really serious? But I don't know. I feel like we always tried to make everything lighter. I don't think we take anything serious. Yeah. Was, was there anything that me or mom or dad did that you were like, oh my god, shut the fuck up? I don't think so. After the surgery, I was more annoyed, but maybe because I was missing my jaw. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the only thing that was kind of jarring for me was the like how soon I would like. How soon is expected me to go back to work? Like, like Dad was very, like, get back to normal. Do this, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if he maybe he was trying to help me out or something. Well, he wanted you to have some sense of normalcy and get you out of the house is what he wanted you to do. Because yeah. you were in the house for so long, just doing nothing. I don't know. It, at the time, it annoyed me. Yeah, I definitely get that, though. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, what tips would you give someone that is hospital-bound or is like finding out they have cancer or finding out they're sick what advice would yeah, you a, give that's a multi-layered question i think if with for people in the hospital you just have to work towards the goal every day hope for the like hope for a milestone in recovery so for me my milestone was to talk again mm-hmm. start eating food that wasn't through an iv yeah so I, every time I would hit that goal, a sense of relief and happiness would, you know, flush over me. Another flush, a little another toilet. Yeah, everything relates back to the toilet. Yeah, but for, I think, you gotta, you have to try every day to be better than you were when you woke up, especially when you're sick. Yeah. Try to, you know, some days you won't, because you're exhausted, you're in pain, but just make an effort every day. For people that just found out they have cancer, if it, enjoy all the time you have until treatment starts, and then try to be as positive as you can during treatment. 
because there's no sense in moping around. Oh, I gotta go get chemo. Oh, I gotta get surgery. It's gonna happen regardless. So yeah. just enjoy the time you have. Yeah, while you still feel healthy. While you, while you can still eat ribs. Enjoy <laughs> the time while you can still go out and go on a run because you're physically able to. Enjoy the time that you can, I don't know, pee on your own. <laughs> enjoy all that stuff. It's really, you take it for granted. You just enjoy it. And then what was the third one? Well, it was just, yeah. It was a what, what tips do you have? Um, if there's no surgery on the lower part of your body, get underwear in there right away because <laughs> it's cold in there and your balls will be out for about eight days. Eight to eight days to however long you're in the hospital. Get that underwear on because it's, I don't know, <laughs> terrible. Oh my goodness. I was not a fan of being a free ball into the hospital. It was terrible. Man, it's just so cold in there and ugh. Yeah, Ooh. there were some times that we would go and we'd be helping Rob with something, and he would, like, adjust, and it'd be like, oh, no, put it, put it away. This is too much. He was just free-balling and wandering around. It was... I was really... I don't I don't think I realized how high I was. I thought I was just normal, but I was... I think it was a... I felt normalized by the drugs and the pain that kind of evened out, so I must have been so out of it that I just didn't care. Yeah. But you were very out of it for a while. I don't know if this happens with all pain medication or all opioids, but you get really hot. I was, it's like, it's like a sauna because the hospital is always cold. My, my mom needed five blankets at night and I needed zero because I was sweating the entire time. So, uh, get ready to sweat. Uh, I feel like that's like about all I wanted to ask you though. Yeah. Yeah, what are you most excited for now that you are kind of on the other end of all these major surgeries? For me, maybe it's a, uh, what can I do now? What what will I what will I accomplish over, in spite of this? Mm-hmm. What will I do as a result of me going through this experience? Because I think there's a there's a common idea or a, people always say that the. The funniest or the most talented or the most successful people have gone through a terrible trauma. Be it your mom's dead, you get cancer before you turn twenty. It's it's all. I think maybe it'll it'll it's supposed to mold you into something better. And I don't think I'm any better than I was before I got it. I just think now I'm more aware, more cognizant of what I need to do and how I need to be around people in order to achieve what I want to. So it's the whole cliche of like appreciating life and not taking anything for granted. I take plenty for granted, so <laughs> I'm not gonna be a goddamn saint now. I hate that when you like honor people the minute they've gone something bad. Somebody called me a hero and I was very uncomfortable. Who called you a hero? So, so they called me a hero, somebody called me a miracle, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> They just take a step back right now. Because there's no way in hell. I just laid back and let them do shit to me. I, I didn't accomplish anything. I was just getting treatment for a bad thing I had in my body. You just sat there and watched day-long marathons of that oh, 70s show? And The Office. And The Office. I thought I liked the... I do like The Office, but it's terrible when there are commercials because it's such a short episode and they have to stretch it out to 30 minutes. Yeah. And I, I saw the same Old Spice commercial... commercial 
the entire time I was there. <laughs> remember the really bad one that came out right after the Super Bowl? I don't remember. Oh my god, it was so bad. It was the, um, they were in the big mansion, and they're calling out to each other in Old Spice. Old Spice! <laughs> old! Old Spice! It's so stupid. <laughs> I have and no idea what you're talking about. I saw that every day, and I got angrier with each view. Is there anything else that's been ruined for you after this experience? Chocolate Insure. Oh, yeah. Any Insure. Has been ruined for me. Uh, oh, mashed potatoes and baked beans have been ruined for me. They don't. You loved baked beans. And then I had them every day for a long period of time because I couldn't chew. Yeah. And then they got gross. There was a lot of. Well, our dad keeps on buying weird ones, like spicy chili ones, and then spicy bacon bits, and I'm like. Because he's trying to make it more exciting for you, because he knows I know, you have to eat the, the same thing. Well, dad was buying stupid beans before I got sick, so <laughs> I think it's just some weird. He has some weird need to like expand his horizon because there's no horizon to expand anymore for him. So yeah, there that has always been something weird about our pantry. There's always like 10 cans of beans of random flavors that no one touches get, for like months i get a feeling that maybe <laughs> dad's a closet uh doomsdayer he's, <laughs> he's just prepping he's just very stealthily prepping he like disguises it as like oh i saw it it was on sale i forgot it but no it, it's not that he's just i don't know we're gonna like go into the attic and just see like rows and rows and rows of like beans, beans and soup soup yeah i hate soup fuck soup but you didn't like soup even before this yeah, which is really tough i hate it's like... more now yeah because when i try to have it i don't know also maybe this isn't the best advice but i'll give it to you anyway <laughs> push push the limit push the envelope in terms of recovery i ate lasagna with a wire jaw shut you gotta believe in yourself. <laughs> you gotta say, you know what, Doc? I'm gonna live my life like a real American. I'm not gonna eat and drink and shore and eat. You were shoving pizza. His his jaw was wired shut for three weeks. He was shoving pizza through this tiny little opening. First of all, he didn't even have any teeth to chew it with. Nah, I, I kind of sucked it. I, I would take my tongue and then push it to the roof of my mouth and just suck the flavor out of the pizza and then swallow it. I used to do the same thing with goldfish as a kid, so I'm used to it. So gross. So yeah, he's got the top row of teeth, and then only five on the bottom? Six? Uh, six. Six, like, of the molars in the back. So it's basically like he... And, one, and, and two of those teeth are wisdom teeth. So goes to show you that I need spares. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't get those removed. I didn't need to. My jaw grew, apparently. Maybe that's why. Because my jaw grew. Yeah. So, that's basically where we are right now in our life. Um, both stuck at home for different reasons. Mine's because I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Rob's is because he's forced to. Yeah, I'm not here by choice. Yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't sick, I'd be up in Tallahassee, probably doing something stupid and making jokes to my friends. Because I was in an improv group, as all wannabe comedians are. But or... now you're stuck with little old me. I'm still, no, I'm, well, you're... As much as I think, say you annoy me, I, I think mom and dad annoy me far more. And they're, I don't know if it's their complacency or just their deny, the fact they deny how sad they are. Okay, but this isn't time to bash our parents. They're probably going to listen to this. I don't care. Oh dad, my God. Dad's heard me say this about him. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so 
we are gonna finish this off our first ever recording of a podcast which is pretty cool uh we're gonna finish this like we all finish every phone call to each other and our family and that's uh all right love you bye love you bye